Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot to get to. Where do you want to start today, David? Oh, the Twitter files. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, yeah. Some of the internal discussions have been released from the time when Twitter was discussing how to censor the story about Hunter Biden's laptop. That had been published by the New York Post, and there were all these questions about what do we do with this? And in a normal society, you would say, well, you let the story play out because... Well, there's no evidence that it's foreign disinformation. There's no evidence that even the materials were really hacked. I mean, but instead they decided to get together and protect Joe Biden at the request of people who were helping out with that campaign. And many of the people helping out with that campaign uh, actually either went to go work for Twitter or went from Twitter to the campaign. It's unreal. And so, yeah, intelligence agency people. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and so to me, it's like, yeah, you, you hear all of this and it seems like it was not the bombshell that I was expecting or hoping for just because a lot of what we learned, we kind of already knew. Now, you could say the the extra step is that it was a confirmation of what we already knew. But, uh, you know, we'll see what comes out of this moving forward. OK, I'll just say for me. And you, you have a more, uh, from a news aspect, especially being in news, David, I think you're more critical of like a big hype and then what actually comes out yeah. is that was coming out Friday night. You know, it was like one tweet after another from Matt Taibbi and here it comes. I was kind of glued and I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. this is wild, man. So now I feel like, oh, am I, I'm the Gen Xer here. I'm not the young blood. Like, I feel like, did I over uh, get over-enthused as I was listening to this and watching it come out? Because I was like, man, there's some stuff in here, man. Yeah. This is, Everybody should know this. I think the key to it was the reaction of the left. They freaked out. Yeah, well, that, they did freak out. So I thought well, right away, well, this is something. That, yeah. You know, this is no nothing burger. To, to me, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't think it's a nothing burger. I'm just, I, I'm just saying, I, to me, it was just kind of confirming what we already suspected or, or, or outright knew. It's like, well, yeah, there were people within the government who were saying, hey, we don't need this to be uh, spread around. So, of course. I mean, Mark Zuckerbot from Facebook even said that the FBI had contacted him yes. about being on the lookout for something that might be suspicious and damaging to Joe Biden. But I guess for me, part of the excitement is there are so many people that don't believe this. Yeah. Well, not... Now it's right there in front of you. These are the internal documents. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, here's the proof for you people that don't believe this. Well, And that's why, to Scott's point, to me, the bigger story has, at least to me, it may seem like a secondary thing, but the bigger story has been the reaction from folks in legacy media yeah. who are coming up with the singular refrain of, well, Matt Taibbi used to do good work, used to be with Rolling Stone, now runs his own thing on Substack. 
he's the guy who's like laundering this information to the public and he's he's working for the world's richest man like they're all throwing a hissy fit over it how about what a journalist is really supposed (laughs) to be uncover the truth and let people know he's still doing that well the other one i saw too was if you were excited about what you saw or at least confirmed what you were thinking that somehow you're okay with revenge porn and mocking drug addicts. Dude. What? Yes. Yeah. The the issue was not Hunter Biden's Richard picks. Okay. No. That, that's not. If you want to blank that stuff out, I don't care. No. I, that's I'd fine. I prefer you do, actually. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No yes, one needs to, to see that. Yeah. I saw the foot video. Oh, no, thank you. Um, yeah. But I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I I'm not going to go into details. If you know, you know. All right. It's oh, okay. not, not pleasant stuff. Um, but yeah, the bigger question is, okay, was the president's son working using his then office of vice president to get corrupt foreign business deals? And what did Joe Biden know about it? That's the story. And you're right. They are whittling this down to revenge porn or photos of crack cocaine. I am actually a little bit curious about some of the videos just because what we've seen I'll just say this. Some of those prostitutes looked a little bit young. Oh, just to have something else really wrong with this situation. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's also a crime if he's, yes, involved, it is. If he's involved in underage sex trafficking. I mean, that's something mm-hmm. that we should probably know. Um, but, yeah, one, some of the reaction that we're hearing now, I mean, one of these bitter never-Trump Republicans, Matthew Dowd, he was on MSNBC and he had all the talking points from the left just all jumbled right. up. Here we go. Elon Musk might have spent a little more time reading the First Amendment and what it said, because his immediate thing was this was a violation of the First Amendment when, as far as I can tell, no government authority told Twitter not to do something uh, to me. What are you talking about? Yeah, that, that's a lie. That's the story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's the deal. <laughs> to me, this is, and it seems like they were upset. They're upset that somehow some pornographic or some revealing pictures of Hunter Biden weren't revealed in this. And it was amazing to me that all of these sort of Fox News or whoever else jumped on this without ever fully understanding that it was basically meaningless what happened. And it actually turned out to be a good thing. <laughs> It was it was meaningless, but a good thing at the same time. That doesn't make any sense. No. What does he mean by a good thing? He lost me there. I, I, it was a good thing that this information was suppressed, but it, this information was suppressed for good reasons, even though it was meaningless and it was just Richard Picks <laughs> of okay. Hunter Biden or something. This I is guess. what happens when you have no argument. You just start flailing. Do you remember in October of 2020? We were on the show saying, I, I don't care about all the salacious stuff. <laughs> what it's really about is Joe Biden and his dealings with foreign entities and foreign countries. And he was profiting off of that. Obviously, Hunter Biden had no business being on the board at Burisma. Come on, man. That's what it was about. And then there was all this other stuff, too, that, that made it interesting to some people. Because this guy's smoking crack and there's all the tokers and everything else, and it's crazy. All right, so now there's the Donald Trump angle of this story from the weekend. And that's where the pendulum swings in the wildly opposite direction here. 
uh, former President Donald Trump putting out a statement on Truth Social saying so with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC, the Democrat Party. Do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great quote-unquote founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. You sighed there, Scott. I did. Why did you sigh? (sighs) Because you start talking about messing with the Constitution in a tweet... I mean, it's like throwing yourself in front of a train. Political suicide here. Scott! Well, it is, in my opinion. Again, my well, opinion. A, you're not alone in that opinion. Right before people start coming out at me about how, you know, how, how can we possibly say these things about Trump? Hey, man, again, I mean, own worst enemy? Yes. Well, yeah. Listen, man, we, all, we know that people that are fans of Trump that think he's got to be the president. Okay. But whenever you point out a tactical error, an unforced error, a lot of time the feedback's going to be, how can you criticize him? Well, any human being can be criticized for making dumb decisions. And this was not a smart one in my estimation. Well, you've got a guy hitting 400 at AAA right now. (laughs) Now we got the baseball. Well, no, but he's waiting for his shot. And, you know, you. Oh, you're talking about Ronda Santos. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the future, the future moving forward. Okay. That's my only point here. And what's Trump hitting right now in, in Major League Ball? Uh, 180. Oh, man. 180. Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. I, I, I labored over this tag today because I knew it would come up. I yeah, did. Well, Elon Musk responded on Twitter to Trump's post on that saying, the Constitution is greater than any president. End of story. So, I mean, those two are definitely at odds, even though Elon Musk reinstated Trump's Twitter account, but he's not using it because he's still on True Social. Okay. Um, More on that a little bit later. There's a certain band that I thought had sold, I mean, millions and millions of records, like one of the top ten maybe all time as far as album sales, and it turns out that that was fake news. It was? I don't even think they went gold. No. What? Well, uh, so the big Kennedy Center honors uh, ceremony happened over the weekend. A bunch of celebrities and politicians is where they go to enjoy the smell of their own farts for an evening. That's a way to put it. Yeah, the band U2 was there. And Joe Biden was in awe of how many albums they've sold. Oh, okay. 150 albums sold among the most ever. It's true that their music is a bridge between Ireland and America. 150? 150 albums sold among the most ever. Do you mean million there? I think you meant million. 150. Well, again, numbers are not Joe Biden's thing, because according to him, U2 sold about 150 records total. Uh, Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, 300 million Americans have died from COVID, and another 200 million have died from gun violence. So... Yes. Every band that sold 150 copies of an album, now they went into the Kennedy Center. I know. I, I was like, I've sold 150 <laughs> albums. I was going to say, I oh think David's band in Austin, before his musical career was, you know, put in the grave, right. sold more than that. Where's, right. Wow. Where's my medal? Come on. No <laughs> I want to perform. David Van Camp sold 150 albums. <laughs> oh, goodness. 
There's a lot to get to. Um, can a web designer refuse to work on gay weddings? Supreme Court's going to take this case. More on that coming up in just a few. And then Hakeem Jeffries. Remember, he kept denying Trump's election win? Yep. But he's not an election denier. <laughs> All ahead right here. Van Camp and Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, Supreme Court case. Yeah. Okay. Can you lay this out for us, David? Yeah. So the the hearings are going on right now. Uh, Supreme Court is taking up uh, this case that involves a Colorado web designer who believes that right now the state of Colorado could crack down on her unjustly if she refused to do some work for a same-sex union. Now, this is a little bit different than the Masterpiece Cake Shop because no one came to her and said, hey, would you make this website for my gay wedding? Instead, she's saying, well, under the law in California, or I'm sorry, in Colorado, uh, you could come after me if I refuse to do this uh, to create this unique art, and that would be a violation of my First Amendment rights. And so the Supreme Court is hearing this again. Uh, this type of topic. Remember, with the Masterpiece Cake Shop thing, they didn't really settle the question of whether or not uh, there is basically unquestioned First Amendment rights granted to somebody who doesn't want to create a a unique piece of art for a religious ceremony that they don't agree with Mm -hmm. um, or a legal uh, ceremony that they don't agree with. What they said was that Colorado, the state of Colorado, unjustly went after him, illegally harassed him. And so maybe this will finally answer the question that's been kind of hanging up in the air since 2018. Um, And we're getting another look at Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson, the uh, confirmed justice who uh, was nominated by Joe Biden. Joe Biden couldn't remember her name. He said, you know, Ketanji, uh, you you saw her. Uh, (laughs) This is what Joe Biden said about her. Yes. Now, forgot part of the name. Yeah, clearly, uh, you know how she's already going to rule on this case. This is kind of baked in. And I honestly believe that she might be a little smarter than this. But she sounds like an idiot when she's asking questions cool. during the hearings. Because she brings up a photographer who does It's a Wonderful Life photo shoots. Made it up out of thin air. Okay. And All right. Yeah. Let's try to follow along, I guess. What I'm asking you is I have a public business. I'm a photographer. My belief is that, you know, uh, I'm doing It's a Wonderful Life scenes. That's what I'm offering. Okay? I want to do video depictions of It's a Wonderful Life. And um, I'm knowing that movie very well. I want to be authentic. And so only white children and families can be. Uh, 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 customers for that particular product. Everybody else can, I'll, I'll give to everybody else, I'll sell them anything they want, just not the It's a Wonderful Life depictions. Um, I'm expressing something. What? How is this a fair comparison? <laughs> it's, it's not. Th- this is how... That's peop- not sensical. No. Th- this is how people who are steeped in critical race theory think of everything. Everything has to come back to race. And even if the comparison doesn't make any sense. Dude, this sounds like, honestly, like a freshman at some bad university that's woke. Um, 
I'm expressing something, right, for your purposes, that, that's speech. What about, uh, what's the other step? It's speech, and I can say anti-discrimination laws can't make me sell the It's a Wonderful Life package to uh, non-white individuals. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Until they get to the Brady Bunch one. <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with religious convictions mm-hmm. and artistry? I don't understand that at all. It doesn't. It makes no sense. No. You know, that whole thing, (laughs) you can find a lot of other web designers that would design it for you. Yeah. Why this one? Because what, your rights are not being upheld? They're being violated? Yeah. Well, again, in this case, she was not approached by anybody. She's enterprising this lawsuit. And so um, she's just trying to... Uh, make sure that she has the religious freedom that is afforded to her under the Constitution when it comes to jobs she may or may not take. I mean, in this case, though, what Katanji Brown-Jackson actually just argued is that technically now all casting decisions in Hollywood are racist. Because absolutely, if a director is making a movie, they can make <laughs> casting decisions based on race. They can. That's, that's protected, actually. Yes, especially if you're doing something historical, right? So, so now, so now, if you were to remake, you know, it's a wonderful life with an all black cast and exclude white actors, according to this brilliant jurist, Katanji Brown Jackson, well, that's actually violating the law. You can't do that. <laughs> oh man! Know, well, thank you for sharing that. Wait till they get the white wedding from Billy Idol. Huh? <laughs> You know, I had mentioned this before. It's really interesting. On dating profiles, people are usually lying about their hairstyle. And so that's been a question, excuse me, going around online. How? Yeah. How is that happening? It's because they're using older pictures. Oh, when they were much younger and fresher looking. Well, and as a guy, before you were receding. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you had some sort of hair club thing done. You got to meet him eventually. Yet, but you're I mean, hoping to build up enough goodwill by then that it's going to be okay. Holy smokes, dude. All right. Yes. Well. Or if it's a lady, it's, you know, the different hair color sort of thing. Or it's when it was a big dress-up sort of thing. So watch out for that. Is that your real hair? Because that's what people lie about a lot. Okay. Um, oh, Oregon's gun ban. What a disaster. David's got that and much more coming up right here. Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, the millennial, David Van Camp, and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, continuing the conversation we were just having off air about the power going out in North Carolina. Somebody shot it up. Yeah, this is crazy. Uh, what is it, more And they're County? anti-gay. Well, no, well, no. No, it's, no, I don't. <laughs> no. That was, so, that, that was being thrown out there on NBC today on the Today Show. So there that was a this, rumor. 
So there's this mass power outage in Moore County, North Carolina, and they think that somebody shot out a transformer or something like that. A couple of them. And so 40,000 people left in the dark over the weekend. They say it's a pretty sophisticated uh, fix that they're going to have to uh, undertake here. So you got, of course, community organizations providing food, shelter to people who are without power. Um, but there was a rumor that started making the rounds because right about the time, it was what about 7 o'clock Saturday night, right about that time there was a venue that was going to be hosting like a drag show, all-ages drag show or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so people are connecting those dots that somebody with a rifle took out the the power station in order to stop this drag show. Well, the sheriff of Moore County said, we don't have any information that connects those dots. So that doesn't matter. You still run with that. But it's if you're the media. Right. And I kept seeing that over and over. And I'm like, oh, crap. Did somebody really do that because they were outraged about a drag show? Oh, my gosh. And come to find out, the sheriff is saying, uh, that's just kind of a rumor <laughs> that right. is apparently news now. Yes. Certainly did expose vulnerability, though, didn't it? No it kidding. Did. Holy smokes, man. Yeah. 40,000 people? When you first heard the story, who did you think it was? Like, who would be responsible? Oh, I thought the the kooks from the, with the the... the the protesters, the, the nuts who are in Portland walking around. Antifa. Yeah, Antifa. Sorry. I was thinking BLM, but Antifa came to mind. But my first one was, oh, man, the green weenie people. They're going up a notch. Right. <laughs> yeah, but they have to have guns, don't they? I know. That's just yeah, it. You I never mean, know. Yeah. Like, eh, not sure who that is. Yeah, that's – I. well, I thought right away, though, sabotage, right? Somebody was making some political, grand political statement of some kind. Making some sort of Although statement. Although when you don't know what the statement is, did you make a statement? Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Yeah, there. Um, we will. Or it could be some yahoos who were just doing some stupid target practice. Yeah, that it's just be. amazing to me how vulnerable that is, though. Those substations. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> That's frightening. Because you know well, there's going to be copycat knuckleheads now. Uh, I'm not joking when I say, you know, plant the crisis know, garden, buy guns and ammo, and get right not. with Jesus. I mean, <laughs> I know you're not. be ready. You have 72 hours between your last meal and utter chaos. You've got to. And I'm sitting here going, okay, do I ramp this up for Robbins? Do I pull back on it? I'm not quite sure. And then David goes right for the crisis card. No, he's right, though. He's right. I mean, good golly. I heard this and I went, well, this can happen anywhere. Yeah, it could. It could. They're talking about, you know, the nuke facilities have armed guards guarding them all the time. But in these substations, they're out there on their own, for the most part, with a fence around them. But what if someone's infiltrating the guards? And then okay. see how I can play this and freak you out more? I tend to just lay off. Then you've got a Liam Neeson movie. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to election deniers. Yeah. We have one in a very prominent position. And I think, David, you've been literally shaking for days. I, I have been. And I'm, I'm still, I have not addressed this with my three-year-old daughter because I'm just not sure how to. Tell her that democracy is dying in America. <laughs> Actually, she'd look up at me and say, it's okay, Daddy. We have guns, ammo, and a crisis garden, and we're getting right with Jesus. <laughs> so, yes, that's right. I'll be like, good job, baby Chuck. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> House Democrats have just elevated an election denier to be their leader. Uh, Representative Hakeem Jeffries has repeatedly said that Trump was an illegitimate president, that he stole the 2016 election with the help of Russia, etc. Now, he was actually asked about this during an interview on ABC's This Week. Okay. Well, you know, it's unfortunate that Republicans have chosen to focus on me. House Democrats are going to focus on solving problems okay. for the American people. But you, you uh, did. Dude, how many times in that montage you had, David, did he deny Trump's presidency? It's like five or six times. Oh, it was constant. Actually, at least 13. That okay. I know of on the record, yeah. So. Yeah, they're going to focus on that now. We're focusing on solving problems. That's right. Got it. But you, you did say that history will never accept Donald Trump as a legitimate president, and, and the Republicans are making quite a big issue out of that. What is your response? Well, here's the Republican playbook. Facts don't matter. Hypocrisy is not a constraint to their behavior. And in many cases, they believe that shamelessness is a superpower. Well, that's So I'm not going to answer the question. Yeah. And you're not going to hold my feet to the fire, little George. Okay, that's how it works. Yeah. At least he asked the question. <laughs> I guess that's something. And I'm hoping we can come together. After I've just shredded them for the last 30 seconds. Guy's a joke, man. It, it, I'm glad He's he asked the question anyway. Yeah. And he followed it up. Wow. I mean, points to uh, little George for that one. All right. Got to move on. This is something we started doing last week every day um, as we're going through preparations for the day, trying to figure out, well, the big stories of the day. We ask each other, what's your story today? What's the big one? Usually a wide variety of stories here. What's your story today, David? Oh, well, uh, voters in Oregon, as we talked about about a month ago, passed a massive gun control bill known as Measure 114, and the rollout is an absolute disaster. There's a lawsuit making its way through the courts right now, so we'll see if it gets blocked. Um, the law bans magazines for guns that can hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition. Uh, it also requires a permit to purchase guns that requires a new set of training, which is supposed to go into effect on Thursday. But the problem that local law enforcement is having is that uh, there's no system set up for this yet. Like, what does the training look like? What, how wow. are we going to be issuing these permits? What's the difference between the new system and the current system? Like, how exactly do we make this work? And so for all intents and purposes, it's a gun ban is what they've done. Uh, so as the uh, lawsuit that was filed late last week says, Oregon has not yet even provided the necessary funding for, let alone set up the systems required to administer its new and onerous permitting scheme. As of right now, there is no firearms training course that has been certified by the state, which means no one can lawfully obtain a permit to purchase. Cannot do it. Nothing's thought through. Yeah. Uh, Fox News spoke with Northwest Armory in the Portland area. They say the demand for guns, of course, has been insane in the last few weeks. Gross sales since the election are the largest they've ever been. And Oregon State Police, they're the ones who process background checks. Their background check unit has seen an unprecedented volume of firearms transactions in the past month. You knew this was going to happen. So prior to the election, just to give you a sense, uh, they would process somewhere around 850 background check requests a day. Or they would get them, I mean. Um, that average <laughs> in the two weeks following the election went up to 4,000 requests per day. 
Wow. <laughs> I think now it's Here's like, a stat for you. <laughs> you know, similar to what you're talking about, <laughs> this is this is really something to me. In 2005, what percentage of people that bought guns bought guns for personal protection? What would you guess? In 2005. Just for personal, 70%. David? I'd probably say it's uh, around 40%. It was 63 oh. in 2005. You know what it is now? No. 95? Yes. 93. It's over 83. Wow. About 84%. Holy smokes. Well, because of everything that's happened. Yeah, right. And so I'm not thinking that message is really resonating with people when they're saying, yeah, we need to take the guns away. No, you've you've forced us to go get guns ourselves. And a huge increase has been women. Yes. Learning how to use them, buying them, learning how to use them, and carrying them. And minorities. Yes. Because that's where a lot of the crime happens in Minority neighborhoods. They're tired of being victims, man. Absolutely. People are tired of it. Uh, yes. Democrats learned that, and they got scared that black people were buying guns, and so they're rushing out to you know, stop black people from owning guns. Because they're what racist. A lot of times, yes. Mm -hmm. All right, what's your story, Scott? Well, um, this is out of Politico. Vasectomies are on the rise. As a matter of fact, as high as they've ever been for young males right now. From uh, very extreme liberals to uh, just about everybody else in between. Now, they're attributing this to the Dobbs ruling this summer. As a matter of fact, it's gotten to the point where a doctor now has set up a mobile vasectomy clinic outside of a Planned Parenthood in Joplin, Missouri. Oh, the state gosh. of Missouri has banned all abortions except for medical emergencies. He started something called Simple Vas Clinic in Iowa, too. He's got, two, he's got a satellite office now, too. Where gentlemen can go in and over the lunch hour, get a quick snip and be back for the meeting in the afternoon. And the reason these young men are getting these is Dobbs. to appeal to women saying, right. yeah, I, I'm with you here and I'm going to go ahead and do you a favor. <laughs> right. You know, and get it snipped. Yes. So you don't have to worry about the pregnancy. Right. Not realizing she has no interest in sleeping with you anyway. That wasn't <laughs> what was keeping her from going to bed with you. It's probably just your overall lameness, which you can do something about Yeah, if you start today. Well, hopefully that doctor can hold your hand when you're dying 80 years from now. But... Wow, man. Not to mention the, the birth rate, not just in the United oh, it's, States, it's around the world. Dramatically dropped, yes. Yes. And we've talked before about yeah. young men. And just not a great time for young men. No. Not only in the United States, but around the world. And that's something as a society we've got to help nurture. Well, record numbers getting yeah. vasectomies now. Okay. My story today is just about something that I don't think a lot of people feel sorry for, you know, traveling musicians, that it's been tough the last few years. It has no, been. It has been. We know a few. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting because a lot in the music industry, you would say, would fall on the left side of politics. Yes. But it is really coming back to bite a lot of people. And this was just one piece. And I'm not that familiar with Devin Townsend, who's from Canada. But this was an interview I happened to see. And the reason I read it is because in the title of the piece, it said post-pandemic touring and the ability to make money on tour is almost completely gone now. And you go through this and he's saying, it, you know, it's got worse. 
We all thought it would get better, but the costs of touring now, with inflation and the cost of gasoline and diesel, plus over the course of the pandemic, we've lost a ton of really good venues. Probably 50% of the workforce in touring has now left. Wow. Because what's a guitar tech going to do for two years? You have to get a job, right? And so the ones that are remaining, not only are they already spoken for with other bands, but they're almost twice as expensive. said, I saw this thing the other day that Live Nation is taking 30% of merchandise sales from some of these venues. Golly. Holy smokes, man. I man. did not know that. I didn't know it either. Wow. The costs of airlines have gone up. So artists, the ability to make money on tour, it's almost completely gone now, or at least an artist on my level. So, yes, it's opened up again, but it's 10 times as expensive. It's like, what do you do? Even little things like, okay, the hotels are more expensive. The food at the hotels, more expensive. So at the end of it, you're touring for what? You're touring ultimately so you can present your work to the people who care about your work, and that's worth it to me. But I think for anybody to think that it's now easy again, you should investigate that. Because I'm trying to set up for tours for next year, and there's no way to keep them within cost. There's no way. You can't have backline. You can't have production. You can't have these lights. And then if you show up at a place and the audience comes, they're like, the show's not good. There's no lights. There's no production. Right. It's just this sad thing, and it's wow. all because of inflation. And it's stuff that I don't think we think about when you're thinking about a touring artist. All you think about is, I can't believe it costs this much to go see that artist. Yeah. Heck no, I ain't going. 30% of the T-shirt sales is what I'm stuck on. I had no idea this was going on. 30% of the merch yeah, T-shirts goes to Live Nation from the venue. Golly. Because the way I understand that, the venue gets a cut, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, they'd have to, right? So that's my story today. Yes. Wow. It's crazy. Okay. Much more to get to. Hey, did you see that piece in the Wall Street Journal about the UFOs? Uh -huh. Well, if you never bought in, you're looking a lot smarter right now. <laughs> get to that much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, we talked a little bit about UFOs. Um, a lot of hysteria around that over the last couple of years. I don't know if you happen to see that piece in the Wall Street Journal titled The UFO Bubble Goes Pop. Yeah, written by Extraterrestrial, a new correspondent <laughs> it was, they've got. It was actually Holman Jenkins, but mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, he writes, call it the build-up to a letdown as the latest of the required intelligence reports to Congress on the UFO question undergoes a prolonged and likely angst-filled vetting before being delivered to the relevant communities. Because a month has passed since its leaked contents were detailed in the thrilling New York Times. I don't know if you saw that or not. Talking about how many of the military UFO reports were just foreign spying or airborne trash. Yeah. Maybe that's why it always looked like Pong. Keep talking. You're inviting him here. I'm telling you, that, you're doing it. Every time I said that, I'd get hate saying, yep. you don't understand. They're going to show up at your house. Mm -hmm. It's always this look Pong-looking game. Oh, it's doing things we've never seen before in these, these aerial moves. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's because they come from the planet Atari. The Atarians. 
They <laughs> they look out of focus, but they are right. very They're aggressive. Yeah. Right. And so when they were playing Missile Command, it went out of their universe into ours. Yes. And that's what happened. Yes. Got it. Um, all that stuff detailed in the Times. But the document has not appeared. And so the writer's saying it's not hard to guess why. Its findings will be surprising only to those who imbibed previous official disinformation on yeah. so-called UAP or unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah. I'll tell Remember you. those Navy pilots talking about... You know, all these sightings are crazy. They're explained as illusions. Mm -hmm. yeah. If there's one thing we've learned in the last seven years, it's that the intelligence community always tells the truth when leaking That's to true. the New York Times. That's right. Hey, man, if you want me to lean into it for you guys, I can do this. It's not a problem. Yeah, they're lying, and those UFOs are real. Thank you. And just because it looks like a bad Pong game doesn't mean it is. Thank you for protecting us. <laughs> the Atari game Asteroids had better graphics than the video we saw. But suspend that. It's real. This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you for being here. Okay, what is disinformation now? I'm oh. getting confused about all of this. Now, sharing factual information that damages Democrats is disinformation. Oh, oh. I always thought it was. So okay. we, we've got the Twitter files being released through a former Rolling, Stones, uh, Rolling, Stones, Rolling Stone journalist, Matt Taibbi, who runs his own Substack uh, outlet now. Mm -hmm. And it shows what we already pretty much believed, uh, which is that there were a whole lot of people within the government and within political campaigns who were pressuring Twitter to not share the Hunter Biden laptop story from the New York Post ahead of the election. And yeah, it was something watching all this come out over the weekend. Yeah. And, and I was very much entertained by it. And at the same time, you're shaking your head saying, holy smokes, man, this is crazy. Yeah. Anytime you thought maybe, you know, eight, ten years ago, if you heard deep state and rolled your eyes like, come on. Oh, no, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. There's more proof. It, it It's absolutely there. And the left and bitter never trumpers are flailing right now trying to say well this isn't that big of a deal and even if it was a big deal they did the right thing and all of this and, and so just come out and say it you are in favor of censorship when it damages people you like absolutely that that's what it comes down to here because twitter would not have agonized over any other story other than this one. And it's not because there were nudes of Hunter Biden on the laptop or him talking about doing crack cocaine or whatever. It was because there was the suggestion, including, by the way, an on-the-record source, a primary source named Tony Bobolinsky, who was out there talking about how Joe Biden was involved in corrupt business deals that his son, Hunter, uh, was partaking in. And it used to be 
And when we all were watching this unfold a couple of years ago, well, they have to pay attention to it now. But they didn't. No, they didn't have to. Because they controlled everything. Yeah. So anyway, the excuses are quite remarkable to me. Michael Steele, this guy actually used to run the RNC. Now he's one of those bitter, never Trump guys because he saw a paycheck out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, Elon Musk releasing information about how Twitter helped rig an election is actually pushing disinformation. Okay, I want to try to go into this with an open mind and understand what he's trying to say here. Help me. Putting those things back on the platform, uh, juxtaposition with the argument that he's all about free speech, um, really undermines the central, some of the central tenets of free speech is that it is, it is about, yes, the freedom of you to say things, but not at the harm or expense of someone else. And so when you're perpetuating what? lies and, and, and so oh, forth. Um, what does that mean? Yeah, I, I, I don't actually know what that means because that's exactly what the First Amendment enshrines, that you can actually say things. That that may hurt someone's feelings. Right. That might be to the yeah. detriment of somebody's feelings yep. or their political right. aspirations or whatever. Well, I mean, we know the truth will hurt people's feelings. We saw it all through COVID. Say, if you're obese, it's not to be mean, but your chance of death grows exponentially if you're obese. Dude, if you've lived... Oh, you can't say it. You're going to hurt feelings. If you've lived on planet Earth more than 10 years, you know that. <laughs> okay. I mean, this is simple. I mean, right? You're going to hurt somebody's feelings. You're going to say something. Sure. And you're going to hurt feelings. Yes. Right. I don't think it necessarily means you want to go out and hurt people's feelings on purpose. No, but not you want to tell the truth. No. Well, and if they hurt your feelings, you have a tendency to want to strike back and hurt their feelings. All right, let's go it's on It's a feeling-hurting society we live in, my friends. <laughs> Well said, Scott. And so when you're perpetuating lies and and, and so forth, um, you're really kind of laughing in the face of this idea of what the platform he claims is supposed to be. For the party, um, they love it. I mean, they got got the world, one of the world's richest men, uh, helping them uh, foment the kind of distrust of the system uh, and disinformation um, where their fingerprints don't necessarily have to be on it. They shouldn't trust the system, Michael. No, because they were lied to. They influenced the outcome of an election. That's what we found out. I mean, a lot of us already knew this, but there's the proof. What else do you need? I saw this talking point to the protecting the world's richest man. Yeah, that line, that phrase has been used like a thousand different times over and over again. That's the go to. Everybody got their memo. Say this when discussing Elon Musk. Elon Musk should just go on a spending spree for a while so Bezos can be the world's richest man again so they can't say it anymore. <laughs> Who cares if he is or not? Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? Nothing, but they want to they want to paint that as like a villainous type thing. So That's part of what they do because yeah. if you're rich and successful that means you're evil and right. probably Republican. Yes. Yeah, all part of it. Or it was ill-gotten. Wow, man. Okay. So sharing factual information is disinformation. Got it? Got it. Yeah. Well, by the way, I don't know if you saw this. The ex-Twitter executive that was saying Elon Musk is, is putting us in harm's way by showing how we censored the content. <laughs> Again. This tell- is really something, man. I, uh, going into that story, <laughs> Yoel Roth, Twitter's former senior director, head of trust and safety, complained about Musk's decision to release the internal company communications. 
Okay, he did not like it at all. Um, and actually said, publicly posting the names and identities of frontline employees involved in content moderation puts them in harm's way and is a fundamentally unacceptable thing to do. Why? How? Yeah. I, I, because the truth is out there now? Yeah. You should have protected us, <laughs> even though we influenced the outcome of, of an election and rigged it. Well, and this is the same type of guy, though, who demands to see body cam footage and uh, of, of any sort of police encounter, right? <laughs> it's, right. It's like, well, we need to know names. We need to know exactly what happened in whatever situation, unless it involves me, because then otherwise you're putting my life in danger. Well, no. Should his life be in danger because he helped to rig an election? No, I don't believe that. But at the same time, uh, the truth is not harmful. No. Nor is it disinformation. No. And I know... <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying it always works out this way, okay? But if you don't want to put yourself at risk for this sort of situation... Be honest in your job. Yeah. Don't try to influence the outcome of an election by suppressing a true story that you know is real. Maybe don't do that. Wow. <laughs> Moving on to Canada. What's the story here? This is a completely different story. Oh, my. They, offer, they offered to kill a woman for what? Yeah. Uh, well, she wanted a chairlift. See, <laughs> Uh, the Canadian government has really gotten into assisted suicide. They they legalized it in 2016, but initially it was just for terminally ill patients. However, in March of last year, the law was amended to allow for euthanasia for pa for patients whose natural death is not reasonably foreseeable. So, in other words, if you uh, have a lifelong disability or something like that, yeah, the Canadian government will help you die. Uh, been depressed for a while. Maybe you just want to end it. Yeah, we'll that, help. That's what that's what they're actually moving towards. It, I know it is frightening and 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 just you said it best earlier, Jamie. You know the word dystopian gets thrown out there a lot. Uh, I don't I don't know what's a better label for a system where they say, hey, we're going to help depressed people just kill themselves, and one of the benefits they talk about is that it'll save the healthcare system money. Yes. That's crazy. Oh, yep. dude. Yeah, we got a kit. We'll send it to you in the mail, yeah. free of charge. Here, here is a, the news report about a disabled Canadian Army veteran and a Paralympian who just needed a chairlift for her home. Wow. Roll it. For Christine Gautier, the fight to get a wheelchair lift in her home has been an uphill battle. I have to crawl down the stairs on my, on my butt with the wheelchair in front of me to be able to access my, my house. While pleading her case to a Veterans Affairs case manager over the phone in 2019, she was told something that would leave her feeling shocked. If things are so hard at this point and uh, you, you just can't keep going on, and you, you know we can assist you with uh, aid to die. Oh, wow. <laughs> like just, wow. That's unreal. I, ju I just want something to help me get from the bottom of the stairs to the top of the stairs. I mean, that... That's crazy. They've done an investigation and they found at least four other veterans in similar situations were offered assisted suicide. And one of the, regardless of how you feel about the terminally ill assisted suicide program, mm -hmm. one of the differences in Canada is that that's actively something that can be recommended. In other countries that 
that offer this. One of the things they do for medical ethics purposes is that if you are a healthcare practitioner, you are not supposed to bring it up as an option because you don't want to be seen as pushing someone towards that. Sure. So it's basically like, yes, it's available. If somebody asks you, you can give them information about it, but you never bring it up to them because that is not that is one of those things that's a very last resort, not something that you should offer as a treatment plan because it's not treatment. It's the government killing you. Well, I guess it's different if you're a decorated, you know, Canadian Army vet that's costing the country a little bit more money. Right. Now they want some sort of lift to get them down the stairs. Yeah. Maybe you ought to just think about dying. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Healthcare is a right. <laughs> and if you want to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. That's Bernie Sanders in five years. Uh, it's a weird cultural shift, too, that's happening in Canada. There's a clothing line. I don't know if you've seen this. A clothing uh-huh. line that actually used assisted suicide to sell outfits. What? Last breaths are sacred. When I imagine my final days, I see bubbles. I see the ocean. I see music. Even now, as I seek help to end my life, there is still so much beauty. You just have to be brave enough to see it. it, it where the are we? <laughs> That's, they're actually advertising. That's stunning. Buy our clothes when you go to the government and ask them to kill you. You know, for years, I've heard different reports, Canada's godless in so many different ways. I mean, I don't know if we've ever had better examples than that. Holy smokes. You know, usually it, we're what, within four or five years away yeah. from Canada? Yeah. It with is crap like this? The toughest decision some people ever have to make when you have a loved one. And you're told there is no hope for comeback here. Right. And it's, they're being kept alive in artificial means. Mm-hmm. And you have the ability to stop that artificial means from continuing. Yes. You have to make that decision. Correct. They're not telling you, hey, man, here's what you got to do. Uh, they're saying it's they're saying, life's pretty here's, tough right now. Here's, Maybe you want to do this. Right, exactly. While the person's sitting there watching TV with you. Fever. No. You know, speaking of a dystopian scene. Golly. That one, Scott, that Van Camp sent us uh, this morning from his house. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. I mean, you live right in the city. You had, what, coyotes tearing apart a cat. Yeah. Yeah, one of my yeah. neighbors actually uh, sent that video along where, and I, I had heard some, like, yowling and something going on when I woke up this morning, and I didn't really know what it was. But Like five this morning? So uh, it was a little bit dark. earlier than that yeah. where I heard it, and then I got the video sent to me. And it was basically just a heads up, a couple of coyotes got a neighborhood cat. And oh. sure enough, it's two coyotes that were like circling. They had been fighting yeah. over the cat. And it was a it was a Wes Craven movie. Yeah. Crazy, man. <laughs> it was. It was like, like I couldn't believe what I was oh, and it was sort of misty and looking. Yeah, yeah. It was it was foggy this morning, yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, I've I've got I've got a nice story that involves a sheepdog and a coyote. To, to cleanse your palate on that. Good. I know you hear stories like that and you get sad. We'll get to that. Oh, and a whistleblower says, yeah, COVID leak from the Wuhan lab. Really? That and much more coming up right here.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw a headline over the weekend from Daily Wire. Whistleblower says COVID leaked from Wuhan Lab. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you go into the story. And it's a scientist who helped lead a group collaborating with coronavirus research at that lab in Wuhan vouches for the theory that COVID-19 was genetically engineered and leaked from the facility. That is Dr. Andrew Huff. He's the former vice president of EcoHealth Alliance. You've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. This is the group that was directly involved in doing work on bat coronaviruses in China um, that Fauci was given, you know, grant money to. And EcoHealth Alliance was then giving out money from those grants to do other research. And then, you know, six and a half million people died from COVID. Correct. So Huff, again, the former vice president of EcoHealth, has a book coming out. And claims grant funding from the United States government for research in China led to what he calls the biggest U.S. intelligence failure since 9-11. He said that EcoHealth Alliance and foreign laboratories did not have the adequate control measures in place for ensuring proper biosafety, biosecurity, and risk management, ultimately resulting in the lab leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Remember all of the reports of how many times in Wuhan at that lab they were sloppy yeah. and were reprimanded for their sloppiness? Yeah. And, yeah and, but yeah. with this coronavirus, trust them. You know, the, <laughs> Tip-top shape for that. You know, the yeah, end- guy's going home with coronavirus on his overalls. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's interesting to me is the, the comparison to a company like Apple, for example. One of the reasons why we like to fund research in places like China is because they don't have the same level of scrutiny and safeguards as we have here in the United States. So you give it to a thing like EcoHealth Alliance, and then they do riskier research in places where they're allowed to get away with doing riskier research. It's the same reason why Apple builds a lot of phones in China, because China will let them use slave labor there. Yeah. By the way, did you see the story, too, that Apple's going to be moving a lot of their um, factories out of China? Really? Yeah, a lot of heat. We'll get to that a little bit later. But I wanted to mention this coyote story because David had his, or cat got attacked in his neighborhood. My gosh, man, that picture was eerie, dude. Yeah. That video, wow. Decatur, Georgia. Decatur sheepdog recovering after heroically fighting off a group of coyotes. Oh, my. On this farm. The dog Casper fought off more than a half a dozen coyotes to protect his flock, and he looked beaten to all get out. They said it was almost like he lost a layer of skin. Wow. But he's going to be okay. Oh, my gosh. Can you say heroic? Nope. I can. Heroic. Heroic. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, David, biggest story of the day. Biggest story of the day probably is the Twitter files that have been released explaining the uh, collusion between members of the intelligence community, different political parties, and big tech to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story in order to help Joe Biden win an election. Yes. So where do we go from here? What happens next? I know we're going to have people pulled before Congress. You're going to see that. Yeah. But then what happens? We don't know. I don't know. Nothing. We don't know. I was asked that question a lot over the weekend. So now what? We'll see. I don't know. Well, you want to see justice. Yes. People paying for that. Um, How does Time Magazine say only Republicans can be election deniers? (laughs) What? That and much more straight ahead.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Robbins. Only Republicans can be election deniers. That's a lesson we learned from Time Magazine. Always yeah. relevant. Yeah. Oh, tell me something I don't already know, okay? So, <laughs> so House, De- this is a neat trick, isn't it? Uh, yeah. House Democrats have just elevated an actual election denier to be their leader, Representative Hakeem Jeffries. He's repeatedly said Trump was an illegitimate president, that he stole the 2016 election with help from Russia. But mm-hmm. Time Magazine wants you to know he's not an election denier, even though he denied the legitimacy of the 2016 election. Because the term election denier only applies to Republicans, according to Time Magazine. Jeez. Uh, I Why not, or how? I did not realize that the Democrats had trademarked that phrase, but okay. Uh, as they write, the term election denier has taken on a particular meaning after Trump's failed re-election campaign. The phrase has come to be associated with Republicans who claim the 2020 election was stolen from Trump and assert without evidence that there was fraud in the 2020 voting and cast doubt on secure voting systems. Just a side note here. A lot of Democrats were casting doubt on the very same secure voting systems after 2016, including now Vice President Kamala Harris, who said she literally witnessed someone hacking a voting machine during a demonstration. This is unreal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, it, it was so many different things that were complained about after 2016. Can never let it happen again. Right. You did it, Mark Zuckerberg. That was the big talking point. Yeah. Facebook let it happen. Okay, anyway, go ahead. They go on to write, calling Jeffries an election denier is misleading and conflates different issues. What would those different issues be? Okay, please lay that out. Uh, they, qu- they quote a woman named uh, Rachel Ori, who's with the Elections Project at the Bipartisan Policy Center, uh, who says, quote, Casting unfounded doubt on the outcome of an election is irresponsible when either party does it. But I think it's important to remember that the culture around elections was quite different before 2020. (laughs) So basically, (laughs) he's not an election denier, even though he denied the legitimacy of an election because we say so. Well, that was Trump. Right. Right. So it's different. You can't make this stuff. You can't. <laughs> Nobody believe you. Yeah. No. No. And again, it's so frustrating because there's what, 40, maybe 50% of the country that will never know this. Well, the dude's on the Sunday morning shows and he's, he doesn't even, I mean, doesn't come close to even answering the question. Just dances around it. You know, you guys probably have a better handle on this. How many million people actually watch the Sunday morning talking head show? Besides us, I don't know. I don't watch them. I don't either. Not I only anymore. get the clips the next day from you guys. You told me not to watch them anymore, and I'm not. Because you can get it later. You, you would say it drove me nuts. It, I'm like, it did. Dude, it messes up my whole Sunday. High yeah. strung as it is. You yeah, need Sunday. I don't Sunday. need that. I got to have that. Yeah. A little time with the Lord is good for you, Scott. Yes. Yes. But, I mean, there's very few people that see it, is my point. Yeah. I know you're looking it up, David. It I can't right be now. as bad as CNN during the week. Uh, in the demo, 2554, uh, yeah. aged 25 to 54 years old, uh, about 572,000 viewers for this week. Meet the Press, about 525. Fox News Sunday, 248,000. Again, that's in the demo, 2554. 
So then if you compare that to other numbers, yeah. you're looking at, let's be generous and say, 5 million yeah. people total? Yeah, it's, uh, so they, total, uh, it looks like somewhere around 2.9 million. 330-plus million in the country? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people who will never even know this stuff. You know? That's unfortunate. Not that many people know that Chuck Todd's a big liar. <laughs> Dude, he's lying. I don't know how many oh, times. Only a handful. You have all the yeah. proof. Yeah. Uh, switching gears to China. I mentioned this a little earlier. I don't know if you saw the news over the weekend. Apple plans to move a lot of its iPhone supply chain out of China for a number of different reasons. This is another Wall Street Journal story. It, as they say, is a signal to CEOs of the West you better wise up about business risks in China. Any corporate board that isn't doing the same is doing a disservice to shareholders. Why? Well, it's getting tougher there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, uh, for instance, Apple has announced that it's going to be moving some assembly of Apple products elsewhere in Asia, especially India and Vietnam. And it's going to be costly, given that Well, China has the workforce of engineers and network of suppliers. The other countries, not so much. But because of the recent protests at an Apple supplier in Jingzhou, have highlighted the business risks of draconian Chinese COVID policies. News reports say Apple's iPhone production could fall 6 million units short this year. Also, the growing pressure in the United States and elsewhere to speak up against Chinese human rights and other abuses. That's finally starting to cut through the clutter. As you hear about human rights in other places, and a lot of times we'll say, well, what about China? Yeah. Finally, that's breaking through a little bit. Because if you bring that up, well, that would risk communist retribution. So moving to be less dependent on China does make sense. And so in this whole long piece, it's talking about a lot of companies are thinking about we're going to have to get out of there because it's not worth the risk anymore, which is good because a lot of people have thought we need to decouple economically from China. And I know that's controversial, and I'm not going to pretend to understand exactly what that would mean. But as far as supply chain, didn't we learn during COVID? Everything's made there. We're hosed. Yeah, and and when it comes to the decoupling thing, I mean, they may mention the human rights thing. That's not it. The it, it, it comes down to government policy in China. And when you when you get the message loud and clear that after three years, they're still going to be locking people down over a virus with a 99 point whatever percent survival rate, it just becomes unfeasible to actually make your goals. You can't make I yes. mean, it, you wind up not making as much money. You know, part of that piece, they talked about Disney. Finally, they opened up Disney in China after quite a while, right? Well, then they had to shut down the Shanghai Resort. That was just this past Tuesday because we got the zero COVID rules. Yep. Just a few days after it was allowed to reopen. They said that's only a small sample of the business disruption. How much money a day they lose on that? Yeah. But it's a, a lot of things just not getting made. Yeah, it's a mess. Well, they were having trouble, too. They had the disappearing roller coaster there where people got on board and just were never heard from again. Yeah. 
Well, they had coughs and right. you know, things like that. They're just gone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, it's like that special roller coaster that goes <laughs> right. inside for a while, like the rock and roll roller coaster, yes. the Aerosmith one. Yeah. It's inside. And then if you got eh, a couple of coffers on that <laughs> yeah. one, yeah. boy, that's a track that's rarely taken, but it goes down farther and farther. Yeah. Well, it's called COVID Corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just hear the theme song. It's a small world and just got smaller. <laughs> It's like a big tube you just get sucked into. Oh, my gosh. Some really dark humor there, man. It's very, very dark. Okay, uh, moving on to other things. Oh, I know what you do. Somebody suggested this fast. You change it. It's not the Aerosmith coaster. It's the Guns N' Roses for those that have the COVID, and it goes down that different track. Yeah. That's all you hear on the, <laughs> on the way down. It's just yeah. time to die. Oh, no. There you go. There you go. By the way, Axel Rose in the news. Don't know if you saw that. I did see this. Axel is not going to throw the microphone out in the crowd at the end of shows anymore. You know why? Wasn't that something he's just known for doing? He's done it for a long, it's, long time. It's it's the signal the show is over, correct? Yes. He chucks the microphone into the audience. Yes. Okay. Somebody gets the actual mic as a souvenir. Yeah, nice. Some lady didn't know that that might be flying her way, and it hit her right in the nose. Oh, gosh, Dave. Black eyes and the whole bit. Oh, no. They said, we don't want to hurt anybody, so it's done. Not going to do it anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Ruins all the luck. Rock you should have netting up like baseball games, like netting in the first 12 rows. <laughs> rock and roll is truly dead, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Used to throw all kinds of things, man. I remember people getting hit in the head with sticks. <laughs> like, the drummers would be whipping those sticks from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Had to be watching out for those. Somebody that was really a showman. But, yeah, I guess he had done that for over uh, 30 years. Have you seen him do it before? I don't recall that part of the uh-huh. show, but I've seen him do it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him do it. But I didn't know it was like a thing. I didn't either. But yeah, I mean, I saw him a number of times back in the day. Benton, there's no more encores after the mic goes into the stands. Well, no, it's over. I mean, well, the mic sort of went into St. Louis when he started the riot, started punching somebody. Yeah, <laughs> got to watch out for those too. All right, David, you've got the latest on Hilaria Baldwin. Did I say it right? I think it's Hilaria. Yeah, yeah. well, Alec Baldwin killed a woman a little more than a year ago. (laughs) Yes, he did. Um, And according to his wife, we need to be worried about how killing a woman has affected him. It was on the set of the movie. He had a loaded gun, pointed it, and shot and killed the cinematographer and injured uh, the director, right, Joel Souza? Mm -hmm. Uh, Hilaria Baldwin did an interview with Extra. I guess the full thing is going to be airing tonight, but this is part of the teaser You'll hear the question and the answer. All right, roll it. You know, this has been unimaginably difficult for you and the family for Alec after the shooting on the set of Rust, after Helena's death. How are you as a family and how is Alec doing? I mean, we're not okay. We can't be okay. No one's okay. It was and is a tragedy that nobody could ever have imagined. That's acting, man. Boy, it feels like it. I'm trying not to, you know, know, mind reading all that stuff. She might be very sincere. I don't know. Come on. She's not. I'm just playing the other part here, David. Oh, look, I, well, 
I mean, I here's the best proof I have to know that she is acting in that moment, that she really doesn't care. And I'm not okay. saying that she was in on some sinister plot to kill Helena Hutchins or anybody else on the set of the movie. I mean, her husband was plotting that on his own very well. <laughs> um, but the, but I, look, the best part to me is that she's dropped the fake Spanish accent. Remember that thing? I, yes. Dude, this is from the Today Show. She was doing a cooking segment. Remember this? Yes, I do. I'm glad you brought this back. We have tomatoes. We have, um, how do you say Cucumber? Cucumbers. We have, um... Yes. Come say cucumber? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's gone now. Yeah. yeah and we're not okay. And we're not okay. Can't be okay. <laughs> no one's okay. It was... Yeah, because you're saying it would be more like, this is not okay. He's not okay. Right, that sort uh, of thing. I'll just say, tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to get some taquitos with picante <laughs> sauce? You do that just very well. long plastic hallways, aren't they? Just, Dude, I... They sorry. just are. I These mean, people exist in that world. No. Gosh, dang. So, yeah, I know that Alec Baldwin killed a woman, but think about how that's affected her. The narcissism is really yeah. something. Oh. Saw this, uh, well, health news. IBS, you know what that is. Irritable bowel syndrome. You do know. I do know. How's it going? Mine? Yeah. Well, since I quit drinking, good. Really? Yeah. Honestly, I never did... really had it. But... Okay. I'm like, you know no, what? I never no, knew no, you had it. No, I didn't, but... Well, according to new research, it may be triggered by another kind of intolerance, and that is gravity intolerance. Gravity? Yeah. The theory was published in the American Journal of Gastronology. Did I say that right? I think so. I don't know. Gas. Yeah. It describes how the intestines, spine, heart, nerves, and brain have evolved to manage gravity. So here's the quote. Our body systems are constantly pulled downward. If these systems cannot manage the drag of gravity, then it can cause issues. Pain, cramping, lightheadedness, sweating, rapid heartbeat, back issues, and bacterial overgrowth in the gut. Oof. The same symptoms that we attribute to IBS. So that apparently, IBS does affect 10% of the world's population. There's no known cause beyond food intolerance and now maybe, well, gravity. Does remind me of that bad John Mayer song, Gravity. <laughs> I'm just thinking they're going to wind up s sending some people with IBS up into the space station. I would not want to be part of the crew, by the way, because what if it's not the gravity? <laughs> then you got all that stuff floating around. Oh, yeah, man. Can you imagine Bezos' flight on the space <laughs> male part of the genitalia? About Neil the Armstrong bouncing around on the moon. <laughs> Could you imagine explosive diarrhea and zero gravity? Oh, golly, no. no. awful. It is. But I don't know if there's something to that or if that, you know, might be part of the problem. You can look into that on your own. I don't know, man. Always making advances when it comes the to... The new cork from NASA. <laughs> <laughs> It's Elon space. Musk is no longer signing autographs. You know why? No. It's really interesting. Straight ahead.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Elon Musk. Well, he's stirring it up. Then he has said, I'm not signing autographs anymore. Done. Uh, because there is a risk that I could be assassinated. Well, yeah, sure there is. I understand that. Absolutely, I do. Don't think of it that way. No. But, yeah. Well, think about two years ago what people thought of Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Oh, they loved him. He was the darling electric car guy. I mean, David, following news for as long as you have, most people thought eh, eccentric, kind of crazy yeah. in some ways, but very admirable. Yeah, he's doing his little rocket ships. He's got the electric yeah. cars. Yeah, I mean. Smoked weed on a yeah. podcast. Yeah. Right. But what he's been able to accomplish running these companies, it's astounding. And now, it's like, he's like Hitler. Oh, yeah. So he said, yeah, I want to be clear. I'm not doing any more signings ever again. He said it when he was surrounded by security guards. So he said the risk to his security has increased in recent months. Wow. Hang on to your Elon Musk sign stuff now. (laughs) Where your mind goes, Scott. Yeah, I wish I had him on a baseball. It's a baseball analogy or it's some sort of collector thing, and now you wish you had an Elon Elon Musk sign. Now he's not signing anymore. Wow. If you met him, that's what you'd say. Can you sign my baseball? That's what. Oh, my God. Damn right I would. (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here, as always. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, David, a lot of talk about Twitter. Yeah. About the Twitter files, what we've learned, and the reaction. Well, yeah, and in broad strokes, what we've learned is a confirmation of what we already kind of knew or suspected, at least, which was that very powerful people in uh, high-ranking positions leaned on social media platforms to censor a story that would have been damaging to Joe Biden ahead of the 2020 election, and namely it was the Hunter Biden laptop story. It was interesting, too, to see some people that worked at Twitter saying things like, and I'm paraphrasing, hey, can we even do this? Can we, how can we do this? Yeah. While others in charge saying, yes, we can. Yeah. (laughs) And will. And one of the chief censors for Twitter was an executive named Yul Roth, uh, who was just caught up in this because he, he he did it. I mean, this was his call, uh, or he was one of the people instrumental in making the call to censor a news story because it would hurt the Democratic Party nominee. Yes. And therefore leading the charge in uh, in, in getting different news outlets to not cover it. Because, well, if it's if Twitter's banning it, then we got to follow Twitter's lead. I mean, I, I, I still find it shocking to me that NPR put out that, remember this? They put out ahead of the 2020 election this uh, explainer as to why they're not covering the Hunter Biden story. Well, because it's obviously nonsense. Disinformation. Yeah, we're, we're not going to waste our listeners' time. 
with this. Our tax dollars help pay for that thing, by the way. Yep. Good job. National intelligence experts, yeah. 50 of them have said this has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Yeah. Uh, so Yoel Roth, again, former Twitter executive, was talking about this during a panel discussion. Uh, Conversations on democracy in the digital age. Oh, gosh. Is what it's okay. called. And so he was asked about what was it like having the Twitter files dropped? What does this mean for you? Listen to this. It's terrifying. I thought I was going to be a college professor for a living. Mm -hmm. I like I got a PhD and was doing research that nobody cared about. And uh, and then I was like, oh, you know, like this platform thing is cool. Like I can go and do research there. And and, Mm -hmm. then, you know, one thing led to another. And all of a sudden we apply a misinformation label to Donald Trump's account. And I'm on the cover of The New York Post. Mm -hmm. And that is a deeply terrifying experience. And I say this from a position of unquestioned privilege as a cis white male. Like the internet is much scarier and much worse for lots of other people who aren't me, but it was pretty scary for a long time. You always have to have that, right? When you, when you are a member of the church of woke, you always have to point out if you are a white cisgender, AKA normal male, uh, you have to automatically say, well, I know that my experience isn't all that much, but I'm still going to be a victim, okay? Absolutely, he's a victim. You have to do that. Dude, you are one of the most powerful tech executives in America. In the world, actually. You are not a victim. You made a call that people disagreed with. Dude, you knew what you were doing. That story was real. You decided to do what the Biden team asked you to do, which was bury the story, and you did it. And now you're claiming victim. Well, I was just going to be a professor, and I mean with a PhD, and no one cared about it, but and then I thought, okay, well, I could do this. And so I started doing this, and then the next thing I know, uh, everyone hates me. Well, dude, you have choices in life. Mm -hmm. You made terrible choices. Mostly because of your politics, I'm guessing. None of those people feel safe either. <laughs> I just Gosh. didn't feel safe. It was scary. A terrifying experience. Yes. Cisgender, you say? Yes. Got it. Oh, he's not trans. Give me a That's break with cis- this guy. Yeah. The, the, the other part of him, you know, saying it, this, this is reprehensible that Elon Musk is releasing this. It's putting us in harm's way. We could die. We could be killed. Your name's on it. What's he supposed to do? Say, hey, um, you know, this is what I've uncovered. Want to be honest with the public. I want to restore faith in accurate information getting out there. I'm not going to share the names of the people who work there like any hack journalist can't figure out exactly who that would have been anyway. That's part of it, man. Mm-hmm. It's not protected. They because got it was caught. internal. They got caught. Yes. That's what happened. Now, David, what's the story with Twitter struggling to handle explosive oh, yeah. news with CNN? Well, this is, uh, so again, the first batch of the Twitter files came out, and this is the collection of internal discussions about censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story ahead of the 2020 election. 
mainstream media figures have no idea what to do with this because they realize that they got caught in this scam. Yes, absolutely. That whether that was intentional because they are all Democrats or whether it was because, oh, we really thought this was Russian disinformation. And boy, if we admit how bad this looks, uh, we might tell our audience that we're not all that smart. Uh, and so what they've resorted to is kind of flailing around between different talking points. World's richest man, Elon Musk. Rah! Like, OK, so mm-hmm. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, yeah. So what they what what they'll do is they try to discredit factual information or completely whitewash the whole thing and say, well, you Republicans were just obsessed with revenge porn with Hunter Biden or something. And uh, this is CNN's Christine Romans trying to thread the needle here. Okay. What it sort of shows is a real struggle at an important platform for how to deal with something so outrageous, so explosive, and and what to actually do with it. So this, again, shows the struggle, I think, Twitter had at the time to being a a real arbiter of real information. We know that all of the social media sites have had a difficulty with that. You know, Elon Musk is is teasing, I guess, that there's going to be even more that will be coming from these so-called Twitter files. Right, before she goes on, Miranda Devine from the New York Post breaks this story. I remember it well. And all of a sudden, it's it's shut down. At the time, I remember thinking, wow, this is wild, man. But if it was proven to not be true, that would be on the post and that would be on Miranda Devine. It oh, wouldn't sure. be on Twitter. They knew that. This is supposed to be the United States. You decided, oh my gosh, I just got you know a call from the Biden team. We need to tramp down on this one. So we'll go ahead and do it because we don't want Orange Man bad to win again. That's what it came down to. Yeah. Trying to rewrite the whole thing via to EB this this writer who um, has disdained, frankly, the mainstream media before. There you go. You you got to put that in there. See, the source we are discrediting because he doesn't like people like us. So they do this every time. Yep. Taibi was one of you, except, and Scott, I'll give you credit on this. You gave that guy props years ago. Yeah, he was writing some really interesting things. Yes. Yeah. And he, I remember you saying, I don't agree with all what he says, but I think this guy's pretty good. Yeah, he's on to something. I mean, generally speaking, yes. And, you know, he's not in the club anymore. Nope. So he's another one that went to Substack, like Glenn Greenwald. There's been many. Barry Weiss, to name a few. And so now we'll go after Taibi and say, well, he just doesn't like media. Gosh, these people, man. And the talking point is he's running cover for a billionaire. Or for one of the richest men in the world. Everybody <laughs> it, everybody uses that in yeah. when they're framing this argument now. You know what it comes Every down one to? Of Think about it this way. It's so simple. They don't want the truth out there. We should all want the truth is, no matter how much it hurts, no, how, no matter how awful it is, but we should all want to know what the truth is, right? Think about libs of TikTok and what we've learned about what's happening with, quote, transgender youth in America. I mean, talk about death threats to that lady. Oh, yeah. All over the place. And I saw a whole piece about how staffers at that Boston hospital that were performing the genital mutilation surgeries on kids. Children. That the, the staffers are coping. 
It was hot air. And they said of the various hospitals around the country that have been facing public outcries over their decisions to conduct genital mutilation surgeries on children, along with other, quote, gender-affirming care, Boston Children's Hospital is among the largest and most well-known. And when we heard all about that, you couldn't believe that it was actually happening. But, of course, it was. And so, as part of this piece, they talked about the AP publishing a glowing review of the hospital's transgender programs, along with a series of interviews with some of the doctors there describing how they're coping with all the public outrage, making them victims. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a part of the AP story said on a Wednesday morning last month, Boston police swept into Boston Children's Hospital to investigate the fourth bomb threat at the institution in just four months. They evacuated a building and um, corned off the area, blocking staff from reaching offices and operating rooms. About an hour later, Boston police gave the all clear and life inside the sprawling campus resumed until the next day. That's when another bomb threat was received. Since August, Boston Children's Hospital, widely considered the top pediatric hospital in the country, has been the target of a barrage of hate mail, death threats, and vitriolic and anti-Semitic messages. Many appear to have been spurred by an anti-LGBTQ plus Twitter account that attacked the hospital for providing care to transgender children and teens. That's how the AP frames it. Yeah. An attack and they go on by to say... That all- all she did was post clips of podcasts that yes, the hospital stuff that they did. put out. Yes, and that's on the hospital's own website. Right. Things that they were proud of until a lot of people in the public knew exactly what was going on. But, and the writer at Hot Air said, and it is true. I find it amazing the AP would publish an article of this length without ever questioning one time what the hospital and others are doing to children. They dishonestly blame all of the threat and violence on anti-LGBTQ plus activists. In reality, it has nothing to do with gay and lesbian people. In fact, a growing number of gays have been speaking out against the medical practices because we're talking about kids. Yeah. I mean, just sanity for crying out loud. And right in the middle of the AP article, they explain how their gender multi-specialty service treats patients from the ages of 3 to 25. Three? Three. That's sick. Man. Not that seven would be any better, but three years old? Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking I've got a three-year-old, and last night she pretended to be a dragon. Okay, so are you getting her lighter fluid now so she she can breathe fire? Well, the other day she was a kraken because one of her little cartoons had a kraken in it. Hmm. So, man, i got to cancel the extra appendages surgery because now she's a dragon. She's got to get wings now. It's unreal, man. Just dress her up like Sidney Powell. But seriously, who uh, takes the advice of a three-year-old and says I don't this know. three-year-old that's, well, that's knows just, what they're that's doing? That's vile. That's vile. <laughs> who, that's really evil, though. Who does that? That's evil. Evil. It is evil. Evil. Call it out. You either want to make a bunch of money or you're grooming. Golly. It, I mean, it's one or the other. That That's absolutely insane. Meanwhile, there's a rat problem in New York City. It's been around for a while. They're looking for a rat czar. It'll pay a hundred and seventy grand a year. But they want you to be bloodthirsty because you're going to have to do a lot of killing other rats. Mm.
got to get more into that a little bit later. And then billions of COVID aid went to hospitals that didn't need it. You don't say. Really? Straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So billions in COVID aid went to hospitals that really didn't need it. Interesting. But it would help them rebuild other parts of the hospital. Yeah. You know, there, So that was good. You know what was a conspiracy theory a couple of years ago? What's that? The idea that there may have been some, I don't know, management and different companies that manage hospitals who had a vested interest in, I don't know, inflating the number of cases that they had sitting in their ICUs because that would put them in line for, I don't know, maybe some more assistance from the federal government. Yeah, I remember that now. Crazy conspiracy theory, right? Wild. Why would anyone, anyone inflate the number of people with COVID in their care just because it... (sighs) I don't know, put them in line for a little bit more money. Crazy yeah. conspiracy theory. Mm, crazy. Wall Street Journal piece, the way the federal government determined how much a hospital should get. A main factor used to allocate relief was a hospital's revenue rather than COVID caseload or mm-hmm. financial distress. Mm-hmm. The idea was that the revenue was a good indicator of a hospital size. Hmm. We had large, wealthy hospital owners, including some nonprofits, they reported profits from patient care during the periods they got aid. Some were well off enough to put money into investment funds, while others spent on new facilities and expanded campuses. I hope nobody bought crypto. <laughs> <laughs> got to put a damper on it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Remember, we got to we got to pass all this Congress because we got to get the money out there to help people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a scam, man. What an absolute farce. Holy smokes. Okay. Totally other news out there. Did you see new poll of a Trump-DeSantis matchup? I have not. I know you like to keep up on this. I do. I, I find these things fun. Yeah. The lead is growing for DeSantis, at least right now. Just, Saw that at just Daily Wire. done after the let's bust up the Constitution deal? I don't think that helped. Yeah. No. Over the weekend. But you notice how DeSantis is just sort of staying away from the fray on all of that stuff. Might as well. I mean, you got nothing to gain by leaning into it. um, I mean, even today he was doing a press conference talking about fighting the bureaucracy in Washington because one of the funds used to help people recover from a hurricane, uh, from a hurricane, I should say, uh, FEMA denied uh, some funding for them. Got plenty of money for Ukraine, but not for Florida. And so... DeSantis is out there today saying, yeah, we're, we're going to handle this best we can to make sure people get, need, get the help they need. Wow. 20-point lead now. We'll see where that goes. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David, would be? Uh, probably the Twitter files. I mean, and again, to me, the reaction to it is, is yeah. almost the bigger story because a lot of people in mainstream media are telling on themselves that – 
they don't want to treat this as a real story for the same reason, well, that they helped cover up the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020 to begin with. Yes. Yeah, because they know the game. It should be over by now. Maybe it's going to be played out for a while longer. But anyone paying attention knows exactly what happened now. You know, if you're having those conversations with friends that you disagree on politics, at least I think you could agree now that, okay, will you at least admit the Biden team got their way and suppressed that story? All right, the Robbins trifecta news update next. Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, of course, Scott Robbins. Do you have a news update to get to, I, David? I'm sorry. I just see the uh, the story on foxnews.com that uh, Miguel Almaguer from the Today Show, we're yes. fans of his. Uh, he's the guy who talks like this. Mm-hmm. He still hasn't been heard from, and it's a month after he aired a report about the Paul Pelosi attack. That hasn't been refuted by anybody. He airs this report that challenges the, the, the timeline of events. So the FBI laid out a scenario where the Speaker of the House's husband was attacked by this guy, David DePape. And when the cops mm-hmm. got to the house, they were both at the door. The attacker and Paul Pelosi were at the door basically wrestling over a hammer. Right? Um, and Miguel Almaguer had the report that said, my sources are telling me that's not what happened. And what happened was Paul Pelosi apparently opened the door by himself and then retreated back into the house instead of going out the door. And that's when he was attacked with the hammer. And local news in San Francisco has backed up that account. The DA in San Francisco has not refuted that account. No one has actually said what Miguel is alleged to have gotten wrong, and he's been apparently suspended, and it's been a month. Meanwhile, over the weekend at the Kennedy Center Honors, Paul Pelosi's there. Yeah, he was there. Paul Pelosi made a public appearance before Miguel Almaguer did, and we still don't know what Miguel got wrong. Hashtag justice for Miguel. What happened here? Okay. I at least want a hostage video of him. Okay. Nobody's seen him. I, well, the guy's got to go somewhere, right? You know what I'm thinking? What? He got a pile of cash. What did NBC say? He didn't uh, measure up to their reporting standards, some nonsense like that. I'm yeah. paraphrasing. Okay. Meaning he told the truth. We can't have that, Miguel. Oh, my gosh. Maybe they sent him to the Bahamas to room with so, hey, Crypto King. Yeah. We got the midterms coming up. We're trying to use this. Okay. This guy, this crazy right winger. That's why he took a hammer to your head, okay? To Paul Pelosi's head. So Miguel, I know you got the accurate reporting, but we can't have it. So we're gonna have to say that you got something wrong, and we're gonna pay you a pile of money. You're gonna have to go away for a while, and then we'll bring you back. But you can't ever talk about it. I'm starting that rumor. I'm trying to figure out what well, exactly happened. That makes more sense than what's currently happening. Yeah. 
They haven't even, I mean, his name doesn't even come up anywhere. It's yes. the weirdest thing. Here one day, gone the next, just gone. Isn't it what, on leave right now? Isn't that what they say? He's been suspended. Suspended. Just suspended. For what? Yeah, we don't know. Because he didn't meet their standards. Of lying. I forget how, I don't have the story in front of me, but I forget how they they qualified it, but he did not meet their high journalistic yeah. standards. God. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke. Total joke. Um. Oh, one other story real quick. I had a Hillary Clinton update. It was a Catholic bishop in Texas. was talking about Hillary. Because Hillary compared the abortion debate in the United States to Russian soldiers raping women in Ukraine. Oh. I don't know if you heard about that or not. When she said, we've come a long way on so many fronts, but we're also in a period of time where there's a lot of pushback and much of the progress that's been taken for granted by too many people is under attack. Literally under attack in places like Iran or Afghanistan or Ukraine, where rape is a tactic of war or under attack by political and cultural forces in a country like our own when it comes to women's health care and bodily autonomy. All this nonsense. And so Bishop Joseph Strickland the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, responded by asking people just to ignore her. said, please, please don't listen to this evil woman. <laughs> her lies and immorality need to be silenced for the good of humanity. Oh, my goodness, is that epic. I thought that was fantastic. Please don't listen to this evil, evil woman. woman. Her lies and immorality need to be silenced for the good of of humanity. <laughs> wow. That's strong, man. That is very strong. That should end up like on a metal song somewhere. <laughs> That's really good. All right, you ready for your big three of the day, sure. Robin? All right, do let's it. do this. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, every day at this time, and always helped by his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, buddy. Casey Casey. I think he's ready to go. I'm ready. Of course he is. Three. Number three, a Democrat claims her child had nightmares about climate change. Yeah, this is uh, incoming House Democrat Whip Catherine Clark. She's on Meet the Press yesterday talking about the climate crisis that we're, we're currently enduring and how we have to fight it and how it's even affecting her children. Listen to this nonsense. Here we Let go. me tell you what it means to, to me, coming in as a different generation. I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change. <laughs> no, you don't. That never happened. And if it did happen, you're a crappy parent for filling your head, your kid's head full of this garbage. What's wrong with you? Everything, nothing is, you political pawns, our children, sure, push them out there. Might have learned it in school, too. It's possible, just saying. I don't want to get in the middle of your role. Woke up crying over global warming. You hey, know, honey, I... before we go to bed, let's sit down and watch Al Gore. <laughs> That's not going to scare the hell out of you when you're six. Well, I think... My my three year old woke up from a dream in the middle of the night screaming about bees. It's time that America take a bold stance against bees. There you go. Okay. Yes, yes. 
I want to know how old the kid was at the time. You know what I'm saying? Well, you got to like, believe young, listen, right? If they're waking up crying in the middle of the night, it's indoctrination. Yeah, in my mind. But I can remember there would be a lot of talk about fire safety when I was a kid. Yeah, and I would be petrified in the middle of the night. The house is on fire. Yeah, right. You know, I'm not right. saying that this couldn't happen to a kid. But then you're wondering, okay, and then you know, I think my mom would be like, "There's no fire. Shut up and go to bed." Okay, got it. So you'd be like, no, there's not any fire here, that sort of thing. It's like, listen, we're going to take care of the climate change, okay? This isn't on you. It's going to be all right. Now go back to sleep. Crying out loud. What are they teaching this Let's listen to the soothing voice of Greta Thunberg before we go to bed. (laughs) We're getting closer and closer to number one. You will die. Turns on the nightlight. How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three stories of the day. And now up to two. Uh, number two, ABC News has benched uh, Good Morning America hosts yeah, because they're hooking up. And T.J. Holmes are... And so they got booted off the air, at least suspended for a while anyway. Sources close to the situation revealed that the two anchors are going to be filled in for the time being. Hmm. There's massive confusion internally, a source said. Don't say it, David. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> Someone will be filling in for them. <laughs> I mean, what you first said might be confirmation true, too. On that. But I think it was true, and that's why I said it. <laughs> ABC News executive Kim Goodwin is taking them off the air while they deal with this internally. Well, it's interesting because first they said they would not be punished. Now they are going to be. Hmm. During the call, she told staffers, and so I want to say that while that relationship is not a violation of company policy... I have really taken the last few days to think about and work through what I think is best for the ABC News organization. There is something I'm not going to talk about, though. We're not going to talk about it in the halls either. Mm-hmm. No more whispering. We cannot operate with gossip and speculation. <laughs> we need to stay focused on the work we do here at ABC News. Let me so tell you. So you're worried about the gossip and speculation? Yes. When you got all sorts of activity going on. Because the biggest part of the deal, right, was they're both married to other people. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there was a picture of TJ with his hand on her fanny, you know, pounding yeah. it like a basketball, popping it. <laughs> well, it was a still photo. You're saying it was like palming it or pounding it? It was palming it and patting it, apparently. Pat- yeah. Okay. Okay. It really was a weird way of saying. Yeah, it was. Pounding. (laughs) Well, basketball, I get that because you want to dribble, but then you said it was padding. Well, it's weird, yeah, because they they went uh, upstate to get away from all the hustle and bustle, and then somebody's taking their pictures, and he every time he goes by, he can't help himself. He's giving her a little spankaroo, right? And he's rubbing his hands together, putting them up like like he's heating them on her. (laughs) Really, they're not. There's no investigation going on in the workplace. By the way, they're actually just starting a new morning show. Hosted by them, and it's going to be called Great Morning America. (laughs) (laughs) Now, on with the countdown. in their pajamas. (laughs) Scott Robbins, trifecta, his top three stories of the day. Up to one. Uh, Number one, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry are continuing their Please Respect My Privacy tour with a Netflix documentary. Yeah, they're making the rounds right now uh, uh, talking about their family and their personal pain they went through. 
Mm -hmm. The trailer plays out like a dramatic telling of how terrifying it is to be fabulously wealthy. Harvey insinuates that Marco was going to be killed the way Princess Diana was. And to make that case, Netflix uses a picture of paparazzi snapping away. In reality, the photo was taken from a stock image in 2011, before they even met. That adds credibility to this piece, doesn't it? Perhaps the dumbest part of the trailer is in the very beginning, though. It opens with Harry proclaiming it's really hard to look back on it now and go, what on earth happened? In the background, clips of the press praising Markle are shown. Yeah, it's a real mystery, Harry. <laughs> it's not like you and your wife didn't take a gigantic dump on all of America and England and your family. I heard a dude from Britain talking about this the other day in some interview. It's because it's a lot of things that I really don't follow or know that much about. But one of the big controversies with this Netflix trailer dropping the other day yeah. is because it was supposed to be uh, Kate and Prince Charles. No, no, Kate Middleton and the older brother. William. William, thank you. And Prince William's Day because they were in the United States. Yes. And they had their own thing coming, and so that took all the air out of the room for them. And so then that was the focus on all the people that follow the royal stuff. And that was some sort of declaration that, okay, we're, we're at it now. It's on. And so they're going to try to bring down well, the whole thing. They're still demanding privacy, by the way. Dude. Well, some people think they figured they got to cash this in now. Yeah. And the reason is because they're going to lose the royal status. And that's the only reason people really care about them. And you can already tell they don't have other skills. She's not very good. Like that that podcast? It's terrible. She's terrible. She has no self-awareness. I mean, she gets ripped upon. She Her approval rating with the people that are supposed to like her has went down the toilet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, she's hard so, to like. What, what is there to like about her? She's always got to be a victim. Oh, my gosh. In yes. everything. And that's what this whole thing is sort of about with Netflix. And he so. just goes along with it. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It, absolutely crazy. Yes. Because it's not like he had never dated before. And there you have it. Yeah. Well, neither is she. What do you mean? Not exactly pure as a oh, driven snow there either. buddy, no. Okay. No, not not at all. No. Thank you for the trifecta as always. You're welcome. Very entertaining. God dang it. All right, we got to get to another news update. And Nimrod's in the news. By the way, do you think that's going to happen? We could do a bet on this. I'm betting in the next year they get stripped of the royal titles. Anybody want any of that action? That. No. no. No action on it, though? Fiverr? No? Nope. Yeah. Then of the News coming up. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. What'd you say about Biden? Well, he he was he did the Kennedy Center honors. You know, yeah. One of the people honored was uh, Gladys Knight. Did you know that? No. And uh, Joe has seen her before. And yeah. She's performing the biggest stages, but but a point of personal privilege. I think her performance in 1919 
at the 100th anniversary of the Delaware State Fair was pretty special. <laughs> uh, the 1919 Delaware State Fair, the 100th anniversary. Joe Sauer in 1919, Gladys Knight performed. Turns out it was 2019. Darn the luck. I'm telling you, man. It's not dementia. It's DiGiorno. I'm just kidding. No, it's... it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good one. It's accidental. He's an accidental time traveler. That's what he is. I'm telling you. It's not... He doesn't actually have dementia or anything. He is just honestly confused because it takes him a while to understand where and when he is in the space-time continuum. Well, like, Gladys Knight... It, so it, we're watching the episode. It's not the time traveler's wife. It's the time traveler's great grandpa. Yes, and he's like, "Oh no, Jill, it's happening again." He dissipates on, in the Oval Office and then wakes up, and it's 1919. And he's like, "I don't know what happened. Where am I? What's happening now?" You know, gotta... I might give him some grace if it wasn't a hundred years ago. He does it all the time. We got to get to them, right? When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News starting in Georgia, Rockdale County, just east of Atlanta. They posted a list of the 10 most wanted criminals they've been trying to track down. In the comments, there's an idiot said, I'm not on the list. What about me? His name's Christopher Spaulding. Turned out he was wanted on two parole violations. He didn't make the list because the charges weren't that serious. Sheriff's office replied to his comment said, you are correct. You have two warrants. We're on the way. Yep, they thanked him online then for assisting in his own arrest. Good job. Golly. Oh, then we had a dude uh, in Florida named Brad. He uh, showed up to a shop with a cop event at a Walmart. Decided he'd do some shoplifting. Bad timing. There was 40 cops there. Mm. Not surprisingly, he did have drug paraphernalia on him at the time, including a meth pipe. Didn't understand. He thought it was shoplifting with it. (laughs) (laughs) And, man, this was back in 2016. Two twins were accused of cheating on a medical school exam because they had the same answers. They sued the school saying, hey, it's similar to have scores like this with twins. We studied the same. And now you cheated. (laughs) Jury agreed. They just got awarded $1.5 million. Holy cow. That's Nimrod to the